Come on. Adam, are you ready? I am ready. Yes. All right. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today, strong and powerful Adam Vibe Gunton, founder of Recovered on Purpose. It's a movement helping recovered addicts tell their story and inspire others. He's a best-selling author of the book, From Chains to Saved. He's a marketing expert. Excited to have you on. Adam, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Yeah, George, thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like a lot of people in, in recovery. I came from a, a very dark place. And um, the reason why I do what I do is to help others that are experiencing what I have experienced get free from that. But the ultimate goal is to prevent others from ever having to go through that. So September 28th of 2008, I had been out partying and drinking like most nights my freshman year of college when I woke up to my phone ringing and vibrating down by my leg. I swam through my phone or through my sheets to find my bright cell phone screen with the, with the reading of 4.47 a.m. and my best friend Chucker was calling me. And I remember having the conscious choice that I could either answer the phone like I always do with, hey, what's up, Chuck? Or I could answer the way I was feeling with, oh, hello? And in my still drunken state, I chose the latter, to which a soft voice replied, hey, what's up? Why are you calling me this late? I was just calling to say hi. Don't call me this late again. And I hung up on him. And he shot himself. Mm. And for nearly a decade, I was unable to share that story with anyone as I bottled it down deeper and deeper and deeper with drugs and alcohol. Uh, it led me to finding myself homeless, kicked out of a homeless shelter, and unable to stop using the very drugs that I was using to cope with the way I felt and to cope with my emotions and to cope with life. Before that, before that incident, I was an all-state football player at Columbine High School, a defensive captain of our state championship football team. I was the captain of the wrestling team. I just had this hidden drug habit that I was kind of hiding from everybody. But the reason why I was hiding it from everybody was it was, you know, I didn't know where it was going to lead me. And then I had that intense trauma happen. And then after that, I started consciously using drugs and alcohol to cope with the way I felt. I had no other coping mechanisms. I had no way to, to deal with life. And when I actually got free, um, November 6th of 2017, after a long road of hell that I don't, I don't want anybody else to ever have to go through. And since then I was freed by a, by an experience with Jesus. I met him at IHOP face to face. And I talk more about that, that experience in my book, but I haven't drank or used since then. And what happened after that, once I got attached to this power, because I've been powerless over, over drugs and alcohol for so long, but once I got attached to this power, um, I was able to do all things. On day 30, I'd never had 30 days clean and sober since I was 12 years old. I pray, I don't want to smoke cigarettes anymore. I want to show people that it's possible to quit drinking, using, and smoking cigarettes and never have to go back. I've not had a drag of a cigarette since day 30. For my two years clean and sober, uh, I published my book with, with the hopes that it would show others that it's possible and necessary for us to tell our stories. 
And so November 6th, I published my book on December 6th. That same year, I went to a conference and I was standing in the back and a man I had never met walked up to me with a copy of my book and handed it to me. And he said, bro, your book changed my life. I have three weeks clean. Will you sign it for me? And I talked to him just about just a little over a week ago, and he's still clean to this day. And after that, I started to realize that our stories, us that recover from that hopeless state of mind, body, and spirit, where we're stuck in an addiction that we are powerless over, us to get freed from that, our stories are our greatest weapon in the war against addiction continuing. So now the whole point of Recovered on Purpose and why I do what I do is to equip addicts in recovery with the necessary tools to rise up and tell their stories out loud with no shame so others suffering may find hope in their story as well as I'm creating a program to teach them how to teach their stories in high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools so we can prevent the future generations from going down the path of addiction. Because we all know the D.A.R.E. program didn't work a huge reason why is because it was an authoritative figure that none of us wanted to listen to coming in and telling us what to do when we're adolescents. Doesn't work. What we need are people that went through it. People that can talk to these kids and say, hey, when I was 12 years old, this is the way I was feeling. This is the influence I had. This is what I was doing with sports and this kind of stuff. And then I made this decision and that's where it led me. We can't have people that have never been through something going in and telling us what to do. So the point of Recovered on Purpose is to equip addicts in recovery to recover out loud to save lives. That is powerful, man. Congratulations on 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 your journey. And I, I don't know if the term is beating addiction. Is that the is that the right term? Do you ever beat addiction? Uh, I believe that you can recover one hundred percent and never go back. So I believe that I have beaten addiction. God beat it. Yeah. I've never been asked that question. Um, beating it, I beat it every day. I stomp it every day. Yeah. Every single day I wake up and I beat it again. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think the, the, everything you said really resonated. If we're going to see ourselves start a business or have a great relationship or be a great friend or dad, we need some kind of an example of somebody that, that, that we can identify with and why would it be any different uh, than, than for helping somebody to, to, to overcome their addiction. So that certainly does make sense. Um, and I guess I'm sort of surprised that, that there's not more of this in the world. Is it, is it shame? You, you, you mentioned that. Is that what stops people from talking about it? I think there's a huge identity crisis huge identity crisis in the addiction and recovery world because we think that as an addict we're powerless over everything which is not true we're powerless over drugs and alcohol when we put them in our body once we stop doing that and we attach to the power that is able to do all things we become all powerful and more people in recovery and more addicts need to realize that they are powerful they do have the capability of doing everything that they ever dreamed of. And that was stolen from us in our addiction. That was stolen from us by different society and treatment centers and things like that telling us we're always going to be recovering. We're always going to be in recovery. We always have to worry about relapse and normalizing relapse. 
I was shooting up heroin and meth and smoking crap, 65 pounds lighter than I am now. Recovery is possible. You can recover forever. It's a, uh, I've, 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 I've I'm literally have, have a uh, goosebumps. Um, <laughs> so a lot of what's going on sort of in traditional recovery circles of, of, of the traditional places that people have gone to recover, it, 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 it normalizes that, you know, relapse is, is probably going to happen. I'll give you a little, uh, if you were, if you were a treatment center industry, who's getting $30,000 a month for an mm. addict to come to your treatment center. What might you want to happen? Mm. And there are plenty, there are good treatment centers. There are amazing, amazing people working in this industry. There's also people that have systematically indoctrinated thoughts in addicts that start passing around, not only in treatment centers, but in fellowships that relapse is a part of recovery which is crap. Relapse is a lack of recovery. You can recover once and for all and never go back. And you can create the, the dream life that you always envisioned or something that you've never envisioned. Then you start envisioning. Now you are capable 100% of making that happen. It is a, I talk a lot about for better or for worse, how, like a bank offering a credit card and then on, and then with the other hand offering financial wellness programs is sort of like a drug dealer giving, you know, free samples to get somebody hooked and then opening a rehab place. Um, so it's, that's, that's interesting. And what a powerful thing to have spoken and then to get off stage and be at that event and have somebody come up with, 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 with a copy of your book. When did you sort of have it click that I am in a position to be able to to further this this to to to, to be able to spread this message? So it's it's been gradual, um, one after the other, and that's that's a, a a huge piece that I tell people is like you have to do the next thing that you intuitively know you're supposed to do, because this whole vision of recovered on purpose has been given to me piece after piece after piece after piece within my obedience to following my call. Like there's going to be bigger things that happen with this than I even know right now. But when he, when he handed me that book, I realized how powerful a book is for people to have their recovery story in. So then I started coaching people on how to write and publish their books. I have a, a girl, Brittany Priestley. She went through my program. She became a best-selling author. And the DA that, that convicted her in her alcoholism bought something like 30 or 40 of her books mm. and hands them to people that he is prosecuting now that were in her state of being. Incredible. So that's the, that's books are powerful. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So the obedience to follow the call, tell me more about that. Step by step. Um, I was, I was at a conference at a Christian entrepreneurship conference in Vacaville, California, September 28th of 2019. And I was worshiping in the front and all of a sudden I heard a voice said, your new company is called recovered on purpose. First thing I did hopped on my phone. I bought the domain name. I checked it on secretary of state, did all that stuff. 
I was like, wow, this really is mine. And then later on in that conference, I met someone that was teaching how to write and publish a book. So boom. And in five weeks, I wrote and published my book. Nice. And then after that, someone walked up to me at a conference, handed me the book, said that it changed his life. I know, I know that my book won't be able to touch every single person out there, but I know all of us collectively in recovery, getting our stories out could possibly touch every single person out there. Awesome. How do you, how do you talk to people about being able to trust the voice that they're hearing? Cause I imagine somebody who, who is a recovering addict probably has these voices that are pulling them in, 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 in bad directions as well. Well, it says, uh, my sheep will know my voice and the enemies they will not follow. So when we actually get in touch with God, we know you, you know, if, if it is, if it's him or not. And I, I say, um, like when, like if someone calls me, one of my sponsees or someone I'm working with, they call me for advice or an opinion. I tell them, go into a room, close the door, talk to God about it first. If you still need someone to talk to, then call me. Because usually if you talk out loud to that power that saved you about whatever question you have, you will get the answer. And obviously like the, the bad ones are always going to be, well, don't, don't go to the fellowship anymore. You know, don't, uh, don't call your sponsor. Don't, uh, you know, it would be a good idea to go down to the park where you used to pick up alone. You know, those kind of voices, that's like automatic. Yeah. It's a good point. (laughs) Um, so consistency, uh, I think, just sort of obviously it requires consistency to be successful with, 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 with everything in life. That's, that, 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 that's worth doing, but how do you think and talk about being consistent? Uh, discipline and consistency is the most important thing to success in anything. hundred percent. Um, and the way that, the way that it works is small incremental increases until the tipping point happens. Like I was talking to somebody about this regarding health, uh, three, four days ago. Um, she's about to go on a, she's on a weight loss journey, but she's been on it for like three weeks and she was getting a little bit down on herself. And I said, you know, there's going to be a tipping point. You will all of a sudden one day after doing it consistently every day, what you're talking about with the, with the, uh, exercise and the, and the eating habits that you're talking about right now, if you consistently do that between six weeks and three months from now, there's going to be one day when you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, holy cow, this is working. And after that, you will have this motivation to continually do it. It's getting to that tipping point. It's getting there. Just the same as the same as disciplining yourself to finish your fourth step, people, because <laughs> too many addicts are going out on their fourth step. If you just consistently work on it every single day, it will be finished. Do your fifth step, get freed, go help other people. I like it. What is what is the fourth step? Fourth step is uh, we took a moral inventory of our lives. Um, so basically, you write down your fears, your resentments, your um, the people that wronged you, and and all the things that you are that you're upset about, and you you write it all down in four columns. And then the fifth step is you you confess it to uh, yourself, God, and somebody else. So basically, you confess to somebody else everything that you've been through in your life. I could see where that would really trip people up. Yeah. 
And once you do that, that's a lot of, I mean, going through that, 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 that going through a process like that, I don't, I don't care where you are in, in life. I think it's such a valuable thing because we all harbor, you know, shame and anger and all of those things. And then to, to, to be able to articulate and, and express that and to, 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 to become comfortable with that. Um, that's really a lot of what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, so tell me, tell me how, how, how you are, what, when, 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 when somebody goes to your site and picks up your book, what, what, what can they expect? What are you hoping that will, 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 will happen? Um, from my book, I hope that they get hope that no matter where they're at, um, God is with them. Eh? Um, something that I hope that they get from my book is that no matter how far you, how far down you go, how far down you are, what you're doing, um, who you are, God loves you right now, the exact same, no matter what you do and you can't earn his love. He just does. And I hope they get that from the book and then, and then they get hope for their own recovery. And ultimately my, like Jesus saved me point blank period. The Lord saved me. And if someone, if someone is open-minded enough, I hope that they find him because what he's done for my life, um, there's, there's just no comparison. I say discipline and consistency is the most important thing, but everything that I say is, is important in life comes under relationship with him. Everything else is, you know, a, a grateful thing to be able to do. Like I get to wake up and journal and, and talk to God. Now I get to exercise. I get to do podcasts. Like this is all stuff that I couldn't have even hoped for four years ago, living on the streets, 148 pounds, sticking a needle in my arm, you know? And now it's just, it's just totally different. And anybody that anybody that's there, um, I hope that they, they know how much God loves them and that they can reach out to him and he'll be there for them. Love it. Well, Adam, the people are ready, even though you've already given us a bunch for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Whatever you need to do, you are capable of doing it. And even if it's just small step after small step after small step, do it. There's no, if it's, if it's waking up at a certain time, that's going to be a keystone habit that causes you to go into the rest of that day or the rest of that week or the rest of that month with the mindset that I can do what I say I'm going to do. So whatever it is that you want to do, take the first step now. And then the second, because then the second is the first. Again, just keep taking that first step. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets come on. Come on. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Yeah, if they go to recoveredonpurpose.com and subscribe, I actually give them my audible, audible copy of my book and digital copy of my book totally free. And I don't know how to use an email list yet, so don't worry about that. I won't send you emails. I'll give you my story. So would love to see you on the website. You can also follow me on Facebook at Recovered on Purpose. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Adam your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to recoveredonpurpose.com and check out all the great resources and pick up a copy of the book. Thanks again, Adam. George, thanks so much for having me.
And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.